0: Since 2013, Francis has been very busy. He has held major synods on the topics of the family in 2014, on the youth in 2018, and on the church in the Pan-Amazon region this past year. On September 15, 2018, Francis approved the new apostolic constitution, Episcopalis Communio. Those are just the major synods too, not the minor ones. We have news that will surely put a smile on your face, at least initially. I honestly had a different video planned for today, but once I saw the news that broke over the weekend, I couldn't help myself. Some months ago, I heard of one of those, those internet rumors that was almost too silly to be believed, and I thought it was mostly a joke. So I made a reference to it in a video, though to be fair, I did think it was plausible, given how the people running these, the church these days actually think. I was basically at best 50-50 in thinking that what I heard was real, and lo and behold, it is. Headline from Catholic News Agency. Pope Francis announces a 2022 synod on synodality. This is the Episcopal equivalent of having a meeting about meetings. That's literally what this is. But let's have a look at this story because it's almost too absurd to be believed. Again, our story comes from the Catholic News Agency. The bishops will meet in Rome in October of 2022. Quote, In October 2022, bishops from around the world will meet in Rome to discuss the theme for Synodal Church, Communion, Participation, and Mission. The concept of synodality has been a topic of frequent discussion by Pope Francis, particularly during the previous Ordinary Synod of Bishops on Young People, the Faith and Vocational Discernment in October 2018. Synodality, as defined by the International Theological Commission in 2018, is the action of the Spirit in communion with the body of Christ and in the missionary journey of the people of God. The term is generally understood to represent a process of discernment with the aid of the Holy Spirit, involving bishops, priests, religious, and lay Catholics, each according to the gifts and charisms of their vocation. Quote. So there we go. Francis told the media that synodality will be the key to the church's future as well. That's mildly alarming, given that the Catholic Church should be recognizable regardless of anywhere you may find yourself in the world. The idea is that the Latin rite should be identifiably Latin in the U.S., Argentina, Japan, etc., and even the other rites of the church should be identifiable no matter what rite you come from and to which rite you may find yourself on a Sunday. I experienced this myself the first time I saw a Byzantine-Ukrainian Eastern Rite Mass. It was recognizably Catholic, just different. The concept of synodality does threaten that, as I'll explain in a moment once you see its origins and the power it gives to the bishops collectively and on an individual level. This could be pretty bad, but I'm going to refrain from making any real predictions about it for the time being. My only real prediction about this is this. Meetings about meetings are dreadful things. I've been in those kinds of meetings before, and they often inspire thoughts about self-harm or making reckless on-the-spot career choices. I'm honestly not sure what they hope to accomplish with this sort of synod. I mean, Yeah, I saw what the article said, obviously, and I'm sure they believe it, but seriously, does anyone actually believe that a synod on synods is a good idea? I'd have more respect for a synod on fill-in-the-blank social problem, which the stated position of Francis, I fundamentally disagree with, this thing. At least that would be interesting and make some modicum of sense, but we don't live in serious times anymore. But we've been told before what to expect from these synods by the people who believe in them the most stridently. For example... Crux Magazine, which claims to represent the Catholic voice, cheerleaded the whole synod ideology in an interview with a Vatican insider at the tail end of the Pan-Amazon Synod. She told them that enculturation was the main topic of the synod for the undermining of the youth, as well as the Pan-Amazon Synod. And of course, synodality is all about vesting local churches with decision-making power, or so she said. Now Remember that when we are thinking about the synod on synods. Local churches means the church in the United States or the church in Paraguay, though not, you know, all saints parish in Omaha, Nebraska or whatever. The person I'm referring to here is someone who calls herself sister Natalia Bequart, who is the typical modern religious sister, and that she is seen in public looking like she shopped off the rack at either AOC's or Hillary Clinton's tailor. She said of the process of synodality, quote, when you speak about enculturation, you speak about decentralization, and that's the main thing also for the reform of the church nowadays. And to quote. Does anyone else get mildly concerned when these people talk about the so-called reform of the church? Why does the church need to be decentralized anyway? There isn't all that much centralization going on in the Vatican as is. That much has been made clear anyway by the utter inability of the Vatican to stop liturgical abuses like communion in the hand and girl altar boys and absolutely horrific liturgical music from being spread despite their protestations. It's why I don't think we'll see an end to the push to ordain married men, and to change the church's teaching on morality and human sexuality either. We're already seeing the German bishops flat out ignore Rome's call to stop with their nonsense, so I don't see why we should expect other bishops' conferences to do any different. Unless, of course, this will be a synod on controlling synods, on reigning in the local bishops' conferences. But, you know, I sincerely doubt that will be the case. If you don't know where the Synod of Bishops came from, they were pretty much invented by Pope Paul VI. To be sure, synods existed in the Church going all the way back to antiquity, but with Paul VI we saw a new heterodox monstrosity appear in the Church, the concept of collegiality, which vested an enormous amount of authority with the bishops as a body that they historically did not possess before. It was a truly astonishing development that has left the Church with serious issues of authority ever since. You know, people will rather listen to their bishop than the Pope on, you know, issues of human sexual morality. Go back to Humanae Vitae for that. The move to vest incredible ahistoric authority with the bishops as a body is, of course, rooted in the Second Vatican Council and has been described by one of the revolutionaries at the Council as the Church's October Revolution, which, if you're not familiar with what that was, That's a Bolshevik phrase from the Russian Revolution that ushered in communism. (laughs) Go look up what the October Revolution was, and you should be concerned that a priest of the church described it this way. I'm not even kidding. One of the so-called council fathers actually likened this move and the council as a whole to the Russian Revolution. Others made the more mild comparison to the council to the French Revolution in the church, which should tell you everything you need to know. Now, Collegiality was interpreted in two ways initially. The conservative interpretation, which had the pope vest power to the body of bishops based on his authority as the vicar of Christ. And then the liberal interpretation, which has more often than not been how the church has been governed since the 60s, and it goes something like this. This position maintains that the only subject of supreme authority was the collection of bishops in union with its head, the pope. The Pope exercised his authority only as the head of the college and as representing it, so he was bound in duty to consult the bishops previous to any important decision. He's sort of a figurehead when you think of it this way. The bishops shared the supreme authority by divine right in virtue of their consecration. General councils were an ordinary exercise of this authority and should be of frequent and regular occurrence. This was the view of the ultra-progressive faction of the so-called council fathers. Keep that in mind the next time you wonder why Pope Benedict XVI told John Venari of Catholic Family News, the late John Venari, that his authority ended at his office door, or why John Paul II let McCarrick get away with everything he did. It was in keeping with his thinking that outlets like America Magazine screamed bloody murder when Benedict XVI lifted the excommunication of the bishops of the Society of St. Pius X, the SSPX. And it's this thinking we see with the continual meeting of the Synod of Bishops every two years. In an age of new things and novelties in the Church, this may end up being one of the most dangerous novelties of all. So, a synod on synods. I do wonder if this is what Paul VI had in mind when he implemented the Synod of Bishops system in the late 1970s at the end of his pontificate, or if even he was in a position to do this himself or anything about it himself, given his age at the time. But let me know what you think of this. Is this a silly concept and as silly as I think? A friend of mine said on Facebook that no serious person thinks in the way that the Vatican is framing this. Do you think they're right, or will this turn out to be something far more sinister? Let me know your thoughts in the comments section, and please follow the link in the description to the Facebook page or the sources blog and follow me there as well. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.